Hey, Preview Review fans, Tyler here with a quick preface before we get into today's episode. Ryan and I recorded this episode on November 4th, 2023, and discussed in part the sag after strike that was, at the time, ongoing. We're happy to update you that a tentative agreement was reached between sag after and the AMPTP on November 9th, causing the after strike to end. The agreement still has to be ratified by a vote of all union members, but with the end of the strike comes the ability for actors to return to work producing films, television series, and all the other content that we enjoy. So, despite being a bit dated, we hope you enjoy this new episode, a pre-review, and we look forward to having another new episode available soon. Thanks for listening. Alright, cue the theme music! We're so back, baby. It's time for another episode of Preview Review. Woo! Welcome to this episode. I am one of your co-hosts, as always, Tyler Ellison, here with my best friend Ryan Toon. That's me! And this is our movie trailer review podcast, except for not this time. Again? Yes, unfortunately, Ryan, there is still trouble in Hollywood, and also... Other places where films are produced and filmed and actors also live. Well, there's trouble in... But trouble in Hollywood. But there's also trouble in a lot of other places, too. Well, this... Yeah. We Time can't to get shift that. to global politics, corner. No. Uh, <laughs> do you imagine? <laughs> the movie the, the movie industry is too fraught right now. We're going to focus our attention on the Middle East instead. Hmm. Everyone wants two white men from California's opinion on this topic. Exactly. No, but this actually is a good opening question that we haven't had in a while. An opening question. Oh, okay. but I'm worried about what the question's going to be. It doesn't have to do. It's, <laughs> it's So, like, let's say this strike continues and we start to have to pivot our podcast to no longer be about movies. Oh, okay. What's another topic that you're passionate about that you would like to host a podcast about? Oh. Well, I feel like... I'd only want to co-host a podcast with you, Tyler. So it'd have to be a, a theme. I could be there. Yeah. But, but it's something that you care about. Like, let's say this fictional podcast is like, you get 30 minutes to talk about whatever you want, and then oh. I get 30 minutes to talk about whatever you want. Whatever, whatever I want, I, I mean, yeah, talk about it. Decisions. <laughs> no. But we each get 30 minutes, and then the other person can, like, chime in, but or we can just, like, listen. Let's see. Okay, okay. Um. Okay, I have an answer. I think I would really... It would actually be helpful for me because if i chose like marvel comics of the early 2000s oh god <laughs> because i like i have this subscription service called marvel unlimited which is like the comic streaming service for marvel and i found this like reader's guide online like it's a fan-made one that takes you from like 1998 to today and i've slowly been going through it but i'm really slow at it so like if I had to come on at least once a month and, like, update people about what I'd read, I would actually, like, force myself to read it more. And I do enjoy reading it. It's just like, oh, well, instead of doing that, maybe I'll watch TikTok for four hours instead. You know? Like, shit like that. And it's like, I'd rather read comics, but, you know, right. your stupid, dumb peanut brain says, but moving picture. Yes. Um, I think it would be helpful for anyone that felt like they didn't want to spend an hour reading a comic book and could instead just listen to you talk about what happened in that comic book for an hour. Exactly. Okay. It's like an audiobook, yeah. but for comics. I'm reading uh, Truth right now. Which... Speaking of audiobooks, oh, okay. have you heard of any of the clips from Britney Spears' 
whatever. I heard about Justin Timberlake, and he's not a good guy. That's the best part. (laughs) I didn't hear the clip. You didn't hear the clip of Michelle what? Michelle Williams is reading the book that Brittany wrote uh-huh. for her audio, for the audiobook okay. version. And Brittany wrote, like, quotes from Justin when he would, like, use a black scent and, like, try and t- speak to, like, black performing artists. Mm. So Michelle Williams is having to, like, do the voice that Justin Timberlake is oh, saying. Wait, so it's not Michelle Williams <laughs> from the Fablemans? Because that's why I It is Michelle Williams from the Fablemans. Oh, okay, I thought it was the other Michelle Williams. <laughs> <laughs> not from Destiny's Child. Yeah, that's what I thought. No, not that I was one. like, that would make sense. It's why Michelle Williams industry. speaking as Justin Timberlake in an accent going, yo, 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 genuine, what's up? Oh my god. It's so funny. Anyways, back to your Marvel podcast. Yeah, no, I was just saying that I was, I've was i been reading Truth recently. I only have one issue left. That's the one, if you guys saw Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Oh, it's a comic book? It's, it's a comic I thought book. you were going to talk about the Bible. No, no, I haven't been reading that <laughs> truth recently. I'm sorry, Jesus. Um, no, this is about. Uh, I was like, are you about to evangelize me right now, <laughs> Tyler? I've been, have you heard I've the good been news? The truth. This this is the good news of Isaiah Bradley. He is the first Captain America, the Black <laughs> Captain America. If you watch Falcon and the Winter Soldier, you'll understand. Like in like the 40s, like when World War II was happening, they were like testing the super soldier on like black soldiers because they're like. They're lesser if they, oh, like, right, right, are right. work... Like, if the experiment doesn't work, then we don't have to be like, we killed a white boy kind of thing. And that's the comic I've been reading recently. Is it good? It is good. I only have one issue left. It's a mini series. It's seven issues. Mm. It's cool because it, like, uses different art styles. Like, it's not the normal, like, Marvel style. It looks more like the exaggerated, like, work of, like, black artists, which is kind of cool. Oh, that's cool. But yeah, what, would your second half of the podcast be, like... Updating um, me on celebrity well, pop culture news, like honestly, yeah, that's a part of it. Uh, there's, I mean, outside of movies, there's only a few things I'm really passionate about enough to like talk in this kind of extended format about. I mean, I really like music, but also I think I'd be like a terrible music podcast because I'm really bad at listening to new music. Like mm. I just listen to the stuff that I like over and well, over. Well, now uh, there's new music from an artist from the '60s. Tyler. I know. I and I still haven't heard it. You, I just told you that. I know, but we, that was so, on mic. The podcast. I don't know about that yet. They don't know that you haven't heard now and then yet. I haven't heard the new Beatles single yet because not because like I know that it's out and I want to listen to it. It's good, but I feel like I feel like I told you this right. Like I want to. I feel like this is like the only it's the last new Beatles song that's ever going to be released, at least as far as we know. I feel like I need to do some sort of like ceremony to listen to this thing. Like I can't just throw it on in the car and be like, "Oh, great, new." Is that what you did? No, no, no. I woke up. And it was the day that the song had came out. And I think it was like, it was like a work day. So I just like put it on while I was getting dressed. I feel like that's acceptable. I don't know. I'm not trying to like shine anybody else's experience <laughs> for it. I'm just saying like, personally, I feel like I don't know what the right like mindset or setting is for me to consume it yet. So I'm still waiting on it. But I also only watched the first two episodes of the Get Back documentary. So I'm halfway through the first episode. It's good. It's just a lot. Each episode's so like much. a movie, dude. There's so much. And most of it is just them sitting around going like, what if we tried it this way? And then it's like five <laughs> takes of I Me Mine. And I'm like, I like it, but I don't need to sit and watch like nine hours right. of this in a right, row. Right, right, right. But there are some, I mean, now this is just a Beatles podcast. Maybe this is what my other half is. But there's some great, like when Paul just starts literally playing like, something out of nowhere and it just it happens to be one of the biggest Beatles songs ever like it's just like insane just watching him like craft this Uh chord progression that becomes like fucking I don't know um long and winding road or like whatever Mm -hmm. it is um yeah insane well um we could also do a podcast about um reality tv because you're a big big brother fan 
I'm a, such a big Big Brother fan that I haven't watched half the episodes in the season, but I know everything that's going on Ooh. because I just follow everything on Twitter. And I think three episodes a week from Big Brother is just too much. But There's I three have... episodes a week? Now? Yes! I had no There clue. always has been. What? Yes! I think I knew this at one point, but then I was because like... Because every week you have an HOH show, a veto show, and an eviction show. This is the bad Big Brother podcast. Remember how I said there's probably not a lot of things I could talk about in an extended format? I think the answer is actually that there's too many things I could talk about in an extended format. Because I haven't even talked about baseball yet. Oh, that's true. Tyler loves baseball so much that he's on his second franchise in the MLB The Show It's game. true, but you guys, I did have to suspend and archive my MLB The Show data to make room to download OG Fortnite again. Ooh, do you want to become a Fortnite podcast? I absolutely not. That's like... I'd... Where we drop in, Fort- boys. Fortnite is the opposite, where like there's some things that I'm like kind of interested about, kind of interested in, but I could talk about for a long time. Fortnite is something that I'm interested in, but I never want to talk to anybody about it because I don't want anybody to know that I enjoy Fortnite. <laughs> Delete that. Well, I did like when we were <laughs> Not in... to the editor. In... During the pandemic, it was fun. Because you and I would hop on and we'd play Fortnite duos together, and that was a fun way to stay connected. That was fun. Well, I always, I look back on OG Fortnite fondly. It's changed so much over the years, and I honestly haven't played the newer version of it in, like, I downloaded over a year. it again when the Dragon Ball update came, and I played the Dragon Ball version for a while, and that was fun just because I like Dragon Ball. Right. But then it just went to the next season, and I didn't understand anything, and then I haven't played since then. Yeah, I haven't played in a long, long time. I don't even think I played during the, that Dragon Ball update. But that was fun because I look back the fondly Balls. on OG Fortnite because the story I always tell people is our senior year of college when we were rooming together, we downloaded Fortnite for the first time, and it was finals week, so we didn't have classes, but we just like had to go times take when tests. you would go take tests and then come back to the room. And I think Fortnite ran on our PlayStation like. 24 7 for that entire week and we would just trade the controller off like okay i'm gonna go take my final you play fortnite and then i would go take my final and come back and ryan's still playing fortnite and then we just trade off good times it's fun it's a fun game we did well on our finals don't worry it wasn't like we have degrees yeah exactly we we made it yeah we're so back baby (laughs) exactly we got debt we're there let's go Um, speaking of being back, we should pivot our focus back onto what the original topic of this podcast is, which is movies. And we oh, already... Are we going to talk about new movie trailers, Tyler? That's what we do on no, this podcast. but we've already alluded to the fact that there is still ongoing strikes and, uh, you know. So we're not as back as we could be. Not as back as we could be, but we're just back in the sense that, that this is an episode that we are recording. So wait, you're telling me, like... A couple I'm not months telling you ago, anything. I haven't said anything. No, no, about I'm inferring it. all this information, okay, okay, okay. Tyler. You're telling me in the blank spaces in between your sentences. Mm, Taylor Swift podcast. Mm, Another oh, option. I, I need to bring my sister on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, if she if we still can't do another episode next month, she can come on and talk about Taylor Swift. Perfect. She can tell me all about the HR or the PR scandal with uh, Travis Kelsey's publicity. I saw something about that, but I haven't dug into it. Anyways, continue. It's it's it's, it's uh, pretty spicy if it's true. Um, but anyway, what was I saying? Oh, right. So you're telling me that we made a podcast episode months ago back in summertime and there were strikes going on so we said we'll pause this for now we don't feel really great talking about upcoming movies but we'll hope to be back real soon once these strikes are figured out and we'll sorry and we'll talk about these strike these new movies that will obviously be coming out really soon and now it's been months and they're still striking happening and they're still not we still can't talk about new movies without being scabs that's correct that's what i'm telling you 
So what are we doing back, Tyler? What is this? Well, we just... Hey, I... Fortnite downloaded. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we just play Fortnite? Okay, bye. <laughs> just kidding. We're going to give you a full episode. We're just not talking about not going to talk about new movie trailers. But we did want to get this episode out and talk about a little bit of an update on where we're at with our with the SAG After Strikes and things like that. And, you know, we also, like we did last episode, we're going to review and talk about some of the movies that we have seen over the past few months. We know we've been gone for a long time. This is our check-in with our devoted listeners. So thank you so much for tuning into this episode. I have had and, at um, least two people ask me, When's the next episode, right? Once again, we do hope to be back soon with the ability to talk about upcoming movie trailers. I know that the uh, SAG-AFTRA like, negotiating committee is reviewing an offer from the AMPTP. Um, hopeful that they reach a deal. They I said it's their don't last know why final the pro- and best offer. The producers keep trying to say, like, you're not going to get anything else out of us. And it's like, literally, this is why collective bargaining exists, because... What are the producers going to do if sag says, no, not good enough, we're still on strike? They're going to have to make another offer. Maybe they just pivot and they become a publishing studio and they just publish scripts. And say, wouldn't it be cool if this was directed by Denis Villeneuve or something like that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah. So, that's where we're at. But, in good news, because this wasn't a thing last time we put an episode out, the WGA, the writers, did reach a deal with AMPTP. So that strike is over. So Yay. writers are now able to write new content. That's why a lot of uh, oh. like uh, talk shows and like late night shows so are back on the air now. I have the great version of I'm Just Ken called I'm Just Pete. Correct. From SNL. Correct. Wow. I thought they were just scabbing the whole time. No, but I also I'm curious because like SNL is a weird. Like I get like Colbert hosts a show. He is Colbert. He's a writer. They bring like the writers write jokes for him. I get that. SNL feels like, yes, they're like comedians, but they're also acting as part they of the show. They have a different contract. Are they not? So they're not under sag No, there's a different contract for late night, like, performers. And they fall under that. So interesting. They're in the same contract as, like, Colbert and, uh, huh. like, Fallon. Interesting. Well, I'm really happy about it because one of my favorite programs is Last Week Tonight with John Oliver. Oh. I love watching that show every week. I was very sad when... There was supposed to be a new season on, and there wasn't new episodes, and I'm glad that that show is back. I'm glad the other writer. I mean, that's not the only reason I'm happy. I'm happy that writers are thank employed. Thank God John money. Oliver's back. <laughs> thank fucking God I get to watch John Oliver every week on Monday morning. Did you watch his podcast, Strike Force 5? No. <laughs> Gross. Well, Fallon was there. <laughs> Ruins it. Has it been good, the new episodes? Yeah, I, that show's great. I, I love haven't it seen so any of the new stuff. Um, yeah, it's, it's excellent. But we are happy that the writers got their deal and it seems like there's protections against like AI and they got the pay increase they needed. And there were like some concessions made on the AMPTP side for yep. like writer's room sizes and things like that. So it seems like they got almost everything they were asking for, or at least they got a compromise yep. that they were happy with. And it only took them hundreds of days to do it. Well, so. at least hundred and tens days. Cause I don't Was think it, it went to 10. It, well, it didn't go to 200, so we can't say oh, okay. hundreds, right? Sure. Because it was only 100. 100 plus days. There we go, there we go. Great, okay. Maybe it was only 100. So maybe we can't say 100 plus. We have to do a little more research here. We don't want to give incorrect information to our listeners, Tyler. That would be terrible. They want to know the exact number of days the writers were on strike. I can hear them salivating wanting this information while I Google. I feel like... I don't know. I know... I think we're on day 110 of the actor strike. Or maybe a little bit longer. So I just googled writer strike how long? It said 148 days. Wow. So um, if that's any indicator, 
we have about another 30 to ago. 40 days for the actors to get their deal. Nice math. Um, so, yeah, WGA, yay. SAG-AFTRA, best of luck. We stand with the unions. Power to the people. Okay. Um, but there's also been some shifts in, like, how now, uh, like, actors and production companies are, like, responding to the strike. For example, Lionsgate just had to figure out an interim agreement with SAG-AFTRA to allow its cast to promote the new Hunger Games movie, or the Hunger Games prequel, I guess. Well, it's still the uh, new the Hunger Games of Song- Songbird and Snakes. So now Rachel Zegler gets to go out and, like, in the 17 days before the movie comes out, like, do as many interviews and, yeah. like, photo shoots and try and talk about the movie as much as possible. Which... To me, like, surface level, obviously, is, like, yes, it's great that they're able to promote their movie, but also it's, like, they must have done forecasting and seen, like, this movie's not going to make any money if we don't promote it at all, and you got to get your stars out there to talk about the movie that they're in, well, so... also, I mean, I saw that that happened, and I've seen, like, a couple tweets from Rachel Zegler, but I haven't seen any other promotion from anybody else or anything else. Like, what are they doing? Like... I don't know. I mean, yeah, I'm only seeing it through her social media channels, but it looks like she's doing interviews. Oh, and um, But I think most of this is stuff that's like, the agreement just happened, so she's just now going to press junkets and stuff, and then that has to like get edited and turned around, so I, I don't know if we'll be able I to need consume to see it. Like, Jason Schwartzman and his weird, like, whatever costume on Hot Well, ones. that was going to be my question, because like, yeah, I've seen stuff about Rachel Zegler going back to do press, but like, Viola Davis is in this well, fucking Viola movie. Viola Davis is actually like, very, like, heavy union, so I don't think she'd actually do any. That's what I'm thinking, and like, where's Schwartzman? Is he talking about this movie? Like, there are other, like, uh, freaking Tyrion Lannister. What's his face? Oh, yeah. Peter, Peter Dinklage is in this movie. Uh-huh. Um, so I'm like, okay, yeah, Rachel Zegler, I liked her. Like, she was great in West Side Story. She's but like, there's fine other, and too. there's other, like, big, like, stars in this movie. There was that, one other person know. I actually saw was promoting this movie was Olivia Rodrigo because she has a new oh, single. Oh, she did for a it. single for it. That's right. And I guess that's technically promoting the movie. And she is a SAG after it. Well, member. and the one that I just saw was now uh, Suzanne Collins. Just was it finally able to oh. post like her thing of like I've but seen she's the screening a writer. of the movie. Yeah, and she said because of the writer strike, but I think that it was weird because her union piece was resolved. But it feels weird to say like as a writer, I support this movie when like that's true. The actors well, still allowed to do that. SAG so. after is the union that asks for people not to promote the right. struck work, not the writers guild. Right. Yeah. So I guess that does make sense. So, uh, so that's interesting. So we may see maybe some other like interim agreements like that happen. But if you know studios don't feel like they can get interim agreements to promote movies, others are just choosing to delay and push back movies or to not um, have anybody promote their movie and then their movie underperforms yeah that also or is tracking to underperform like a certain or is like weirdly overperforming movie. like a certain video game <laughs> movie. um but like notable delays also another Rachel Zegler film Snow White got uh, pushed back a whole live year action remake was yeah significantly pushed back which is um, funny because she filmed that movie before she filmed The Hunger Games also yeah it was weird also this isn't a movie but did you see that like HBO said Euphoria season three is not coming out till 2025. Yeah. I was like, at this point, just cancel the show. Like, it's fine. The other crazy thing about HBO, about how they, like, had people, like, they admitted to, like, having, like, HBO members, like, create fake Twitter accounts to push back against people. They're like, this HBO show sucks. And then they'd have, like, somebody from their, like, offices log into a fake Twitter account and be like, but it's actually really good. I really like this show. That's insane. What? Like, weird marketing. Like, the CEO also, was like, during the pandemic, I HBO saw... shows are, like, almost universally acclaimed. Not The Idol. The Idol was the only one, and I didn't see anything good about it. That's true. So that, those, well, I think they weren't they, working hard enough. No, I think it was back during, like, the pandemic. The guy was like, it was, like, 
2020 I was stuck at home. I didn't like pe- seeing people shit on my, the things I wanted to put out. So I, I was like, hey, interns, make Twitter accounts to fight back. That's wild. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. Um, anyways, Producers also, in Hollywood are stupid. Also, Ryan, just a moment of silence because if the strikes never happened, which, again, we support them. We're not mourning the fact that they are striking. But if this if this if these delays had never happened, um, we would have already been able to see Dune 2 in theaters. Um, yes i am very bummed but i'm still very excited to see it when it does make its way to theaters and you know i wouldn't have wanted them to like not promote it at all or like they weren't even able to finish the movie i don't think no it's done it's done yeah well i still would rather wait and have them be able to promote it and have it make a lot of money than like have it well if this movie didn't make money then villeneuve wouldn't have gotten the He's got to make the trilogy. He wants to make Dune Messiah. He's got to make the Messiah. Exactly. So, if this underperforms... We support it, Villeneuve. We want it. Well, I also don't know, I mean, how much is... I mean, I guess I don't know the ins and outs of film marketing. I feel like you wouldn't really have to do anything and put Dune 2 out in theaters and people would go see it, but... I don't know. You could think that. For me, personally. But maybe general audiences, right? right? Yeah. So, um, also, Marvel franchise stuff got... Pushed back, Did delayed you know indefinitely. Sometimes this uh, uh, same the same weekend that Dune was supposed to come out was the original release date for the Mahershala Ali Blade movie. Is that true? That's yeah. insane. I can't even. They were going to go head to head, but that movie had lots of production issues yeah. before, before even, even the strike. Yeah, so yeah. It, yeah, it was never going to happen. But imagine the world where we're coming back to record this episode. We're talking. And we're doing about, Ryan's yeah, review roundup on, Blade on Dune and, and Dune Two. Insane. I'd be like, we just did the Dune Blade Two or Dune Two Blade double feature. Well, Movies also, without Dune 2, Ryan, my Oscar ballot for this year when the awards happen, I don't have as Where many locks for the technical awards. I know. I'm already thinking about that. Fuck. I mean, you're going to have know. to put them all I in guess, Ant-Man 3. <laughs> I guess the production design was pretty good in Five Nights at Freddy's. <laughs> Maybe it's going to get enough. Well, costume design, obviously. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I guess. Um... Yeah, does a Muppet suit count as costume? I guess that makes sense. I mean, the guy's head comes it's off true, and you see true, somebody in there. That's spoilers, but... Um, what else got delayed, Tyler? And then, uh, also, in this perfect world, uh, Challengers, the Zendaya tennis drama oh. with uh, Mike Faced and... I forget who the other actor is, but... He's the dude from um, The Crown. I thought that was Mike Faced. No, he's the one who is in West Side Story. Oh, that's right. Okay. They're different guys? They yes. look the same. One um, is the guy who is Riff in West Side Story, and the other one is Prince Charles in The Crown. Josh. Sure. Hartnett? No, that's a different Josh. That's not him. I don't know. We can't promote this movie, so we don't know the names, and that's fine. We're not going to look Anyways. it up. Anyways. But I really wanted to see what Zendaya was going to do to these little tennis too. boys. Yo, me too. But Me too. But I can wait. It's okay. It's a good thing that it was dislay- delayed, because that means the actors are going to get their what they need. Exactly. Exactly. We support it. Um, but that's our little strike update, so power to the people. Amen. All right. Um, before we jump into reviewing all the movies that we've seen over the last few months while we've been on uh, this sort of Oh, wait, we strike have to update hiatus. people about what happened in our lives, Tyler. I know. What have you been up to? I went to Vegas twice and I lost about like $250. Why did you go back if you lost money the first time? No, I, I won money the first time. Oh, why did you go back? <laughs> Because I won money the first okay, time. Yeah, no, no, no. Um, so this is crazy. We went, me and my mom and my sister went to Vegas. Like, 
originally they told me we're gonna go visit your family that lives in Vegas, and I was like, that's cool. I haven't seen them in a while. And then they said, also, it just so happens that mega pop star Ed Sheeran is playing a show at Allegiant Stadium. Do you want to come with us to the show? And I was like, sure. I enjoy like the big hits of Ed Sheeran music. I'm sure it'll be a fun show. You know, I'm not a super mega fan, but I'll sure I'll have fun. And Allegiant Stadium is one of the newest stadiums in like football. And I was like, I'd want to see that. Sure. That's cool. So we go. And we stand in the hot 100 plus degree weather when the doors are supposed to open at 4.30. And then we're checking our phones because the doors still aren't opening. 4.45. Still nothing. 5 o'clock comes. Still nothing. We hear some weird noises from the stadium. Like a sound check's going on. We're like, what's happening? They're just doing sound check now? And then there's tweets coming up from Allegiant Stadium. They're like... the. It's being delayed. Don't worry, we'll get you in. And people are going crazy. People are passing out left and right. Ambulances oh are coming picking people up. So scary. And they're like, okay, fine. Get all these people into the stadium where it's air conditioned. And we're in there, but they won't let us into our seats. We're just in the weird antechamber area. And we go, please, can we like go sit down? They're like, no, not yet. And like we're getting rumblings from like some of the worker staff that are like, they're still building the stage. Like there's something going wrong. It's not happening. It's not like setting right or something like that. And we're like, what? And then, no fanfare, no nothing. Ed Sheeran makes a post on Instagram announcing that he's canceled the show for safety concerns. So, that's why I had to go back a month later. Because I had tickets to an Ed Sheeran He rescheduled the show. Yes, he rescheduled and I had to go back. Wow. But then, I don't know if this is insider information. I haven't shared this yet. Um, When we went back the second time. We went and saw the show, and it was great, and had a fun time. And we went back to our hotel, but we were super hungry because, like, we hadn't eaten for hours. And there was, like, a little sports bar restaurant in the casino area that was still open. So we went there, and we sat down, and our waiter comes over. And, like, we're talking to him, like, we saw the show. And he's like, oh, my gosh. My wife is, like, one of the people that works at that stadium with, like, the security guard crew. And they knew at, like, 1 p.m., that it wasn't happening. Wow. Because, like, of some weird mechanism, like, they have to, like, roll this thing above the turf, right, on the football stadium to build the stage, and it wasn't, like, fully extending the whole way. And the theory they have is the person, like, the stage that was built on top of that the last time was so heavy that it kind of broke the thing and it wasn't able to retract and do oh. everything. And guess who was there before Edward? Who? Beyonce, of course. So Beyonce made people pass out in the sun, and I mean, I don't say it's her fault. It's, I think it's, that's a facility. It's, I think it's Allegiant Stadium's fault, and they're hosting the Super Bowl this year, so they got to figure some shit out. Yeah, but that's crazy, isn't it? A wild. chain reaction of events having from a great Beyonce concert. I'm sure it was fabulous. I you mean, saw, I saw Renaissance, Beyonce, right? but I saw it at SoFi. Yeah, but you saw I'm Renaissance Vegas, tour. You know, the, the show's great, right? So, like, why can't we just have two great shows? One from one of America's most popular artists, and one from one of the United Kingdom's most popular artists. Why does there have to be this divide between the nations? And we're in Raider Nation? It's another Revolutionary War. I hate it. I was in Raider Nation so long, I hated it. I bought popcorn there, and it came in a Raider's popcorn tin. Gross. And I had to bring it home, because what I'm going to do, throw it away? You should have. Do you want a Raiders popcorn bucket? No, I wanted you to throw it away. Well, we were gonna, we were planning on giving it to my family that lived there because they live in Las Vegas, but we forgot and it was in the car and it came back home with next us. Next time you go. 
Yes, exactly. But yeah, but you it's also went on a trip, bucket. didn't you, Tyler? I did. I went to Florida to visit my parents. Hey! Who, they live in Florida. And we did lots of Florida things like riding on a swamp boat and taking a boat onto the ocean there. Um, the swamp boat to the ocean? No, no. Oh. St- separate things. Swamp boat go on swamp. Regular boat go on ocean. Oh, okay, okay. The swamp boat has the big fan on the back. Does the swamp connect to the ocean at all? Kinda, yeah. It's like, it's, the way Florida is, is like, they're on the Gulf side, so it's like the Gulf of Mexico, and then there's all these little, like, channels and swampy things that, like, lead into the ocean, the, like, mainland of Florida, but it was hot and humid, and also it rained, which was strange. Mm-hmm. Florida feels like a different country from good old Southern California, where we reside. So, um, but it was, it was a nice trip. Did it's you kind see of any flight. gators on the swamp? We did. Wow. We did see alligators. Did you get to pet them? No. Oh. They Some... kind of move slow, so you're kind of like, I feel like I could touch you if I wanted to, but then also, I would like not want to be near <laughs> one of those things at all. Um, they're very intimidating for sure. Um, so yes, we both were able to have some vacation. It was wonderful. Um, and we had a vacation from the podcast. Not that this needs to be a vacation. Well, this... it wasn't a vacation. We were on strike, Tyler. I mean, if we were on strike, we're doing a bad job because we've recorded two episodes. Yeah, but, I mean, does this sound like a normal preview review episode? We're talking about petting gators and watching it. No, I know, but we're <laughs> still working on the podcast. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It's a different... It's like we're on strike for five, Tyler. You know, they were still working, but they weren't doing like, and now here comes out, blah, blah, blah. Makes sense. Makes sense. Makes sense. But other than that, my life has been pretty regular. Um, While we haven't been recording the podcast, I have my daily routine of going to work and doing all the things I normally do. But Ryan, my daily routine always begins with me doing my New York Times games on my phone. I have to start the day every day with Wordle. Sometimes. That's a good place to do it. I do that sometimes. I do Wordle. I do the mini crossword. Oh, the mini's fun. Sometimes I'll do the big crossword, but only on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, because after Thursday it gets too hard. Oh, I don't pay for that, so I um, just do the mini. <laughs> I pay for it. But I can't do half the days of the week because they're too hard. <laughs> um, it's like Monday, easy. Tuesday, I got it. Wednesday, some of them might give me some trouble, but I can normally like, figure it out. Thursday, by the time I get to Thursday, even like, and then forget about Friday, Saturday, Sunday, there's clues that I fully am just like... I have all the letters in there from whatever the other intersecting ones are. And I'm like, I have no idea how that word corresponds to that clue. It just doesn't make sense <laughs> to me. Um, but Ryan, somewhat recently, New York Times introduced a new game onto their app called NYT Connections. Oh, I know this game. And it is my new favorite thing. It's the best. Really? For those of you, you know about it. But for those of you that might not have heard of it, every morning there's a grid of 16 words. And there's... Uh, the goal of the game is to group them into four groups of four and they sort of like have something in common. So say like these words, like say there's a words like um, brick and there's a word like scarlet and there's a word like um, rose and there's a word like, um, I'm trying to think of one other thing. Um, tomato? That fits this. Yeah, sure. And it's like things shades that are of red, red or things that are red, yeah. right? Um, and the idea is like, there's an easy grouping. There's like four levels and they get mm-hmm. harder, right? Okay. But you, you don't know what order to go in. Like it's just 16 words. So sometimes I get like the purple or the blue one, which are the harder ones first. Mm-hmm. Like for example, I'll pull up what today's NYT connection I haven't is. done it yet. I'm, I haven't done do it either. It. I was okay. just going to say all the words. Like okay. there's train, straw, ticket, rope, study, bike, tube, sports, knife, cigarette, pipe, 
drill, wrench, hose, practice, and candlestick. See, a lot of these could go together. So I'm already heard candlestick, and I'm like, I know for a fact that there's going to be like the original like weapons the clue. and clue. So we have candlestick, rope. rope. Was knife one of them? Yeah, knife is there. Um, pipe, then, the lead pipe. The lead pipe. And, we'll and so then we would submit that. Let's see, did we says, get it right? Oh, we got it wrong! A, we're only one away. Sorry, I wasted a guess on it's your okay. phone. It's okay. But uh, see, it's things like that. So maybe it's not the pipe, but you have maybe to be careful the wrench Because something. sometimes uh, like a word might fit in one category, but it only can belong in one grouping. So exactly. It might fit, sorry, it might fit in more than one of the categories, but you have to determine which one so that there's four in each. Because it can't be like one group of five and one group of three. You have to put it in a grouping of four. If it doesn't make sense, just go try and play NYT Connections right now and come back it's and It's free listen. to play. You don't have to pay for that one. Yeah, I, um, I pulled it up on my phone because I'm the freeloader on and it's the NYT. A, it's a really fun game. But I was inspired by this game, Ryan, to create something for us here on Preview Review. Oh, we're not just talking about games we like to no. play on our daily routine? Nope. I, I like Wordle a lot. I got back into it. Great. Maybe you can figure out a way to incorporate Wordle into Preview Review. That's your new task. That, okay. Seems so challenging. Five-letter word. M-O-V-I-E. <laughs> there we go. That's it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um... But I was inspired, but instead of, I feel like this is an audio podcast, so I feel like it'd be challenging for me to be like, here's the 16 words like you just read off. That'd be super challenging for you to do in your head and also for our listeners to process. Yeah, listeners, did you figure out what any of those connections were? Tell us now. (laughs) Yeah, please let us know. That game is only active until like midnight tonight, so. Which is like in three hours or something like that, right? (laughs) This episode will not be published in time. Quick, tweet at us. (laughs) Tell us the answer for today's connections. Um... And so, instead what I've done is I've already separated these into groups of four, and what you're trying to do is just tell me what the connection is that these things share. Okay. And because we are a movie trailer podcast, I have chosen, like, actors or movie titles and things like that, and it's... You have to think also a little deeper beyond just like they're directors or they're actors or they are movies. (laughs) It's something... It's a factor that these movies share based on, like, some other quality. Uh... You know, um, Tarzan. They are movies. (laughs) These are movies that were released in theaters. You have to think a little, like, one extra little layer. Like, like the MRT Connections is never just, like, they're verbs. Like, it has to do with, like, what the function of that word, like, it normally has a deeper connection than just, like, Yeah, a bigger theme. Or they all start with the letter B or whatever. Like, it's not, it's normally not So wait, how did you make this so it's easier for audio listeners? By grouping them already into four. Oh, okay, okay. So okay. I'm going to read you, like, one group at a time, and you're just trying to tell me what the connection is. I understand. So Does I don't have sense? to make the connections. They're already made. I just have to the, tell you what the connection is. Precisely. Perfect. Okay, okay, okay. I understand. And I've also tried to model this, at least from my perspective, these are in order of difficulty. So I've tried to do, like, an easier connection, the next level, the next level, and then a harder one. Okay. So are you going to tell me the four and then pause and I figure out what the connection yes, is? Yes. I'm not going to read you all four groups because it doesn't really matter. Okay. You can just okay. do one at a time. Okay. Let's try it out. So for like, for, so for example, like I would, I could say like, um, Chris Evans, Robert Downey Jr., Mark Ruffalo, and Scarlett Johansson. The Avengers? Uh, actors that are in the Avengers. Easy. Ba, ba, Done. Ba, ba. And also, these are just the connections that I created. If you find another one that might be valid, that's cool. But I'm looking for you to give me the one that I can. Oh, I have with. to give you your exact okay. one. Yeah. If I give you another one that fits, it doesn't count. No. Okay. Do I get a bonus point? Sure, you can do a Let's bonus point. Let's go. We're back, baby. And if you're really having trouble, I can give you some kind of hint. But I think, okay, coach, I think you'll do well on all of these. Okay, okay. Here we go. First grouping. This is the easiest connection, I think, in my opinion. These are actors. Oh. Walking Phoenix, Heath Ledger, Jared Leto, Jack Nicholson. Uh, they're jokers. 
actors that have played the Joker. Correct. Let's go. Great. Easy first connection. Okay. Nice warm up round. Okay. I'm feeling it. Here's the next one. These are movie titles. Okay. The Godfather, Predator, Raiders of the Lost Ark, and Monsters Inc. Oh, okay. I mean, that's what kind of threw you for a loop a little bit. They're all movies I've seen. That's it. No, I'm just joking. (laughs) (laughs) Let's go. Okay, so we got The Godfather, Raiders, Monsters, Inc., and what was the last one? Predator. Predator? Okay. Um, Well, like, movies about monsters? Like, the Nazis are in Raiders. (laughs) The Godfather. The mob. The mafia. (laughs) That's not correct. I was like, it could be about that. Like, vicious monsters, but of a different kind. Um... Huh. I'm trying to figure it out. What? There's Coppola, Spielberg, Lasseter. It doesn't have to do with the directors. Good, because I don't remember the director of Predator. Uh, it has nothing to do with the directors or the cast of these okay, movies. Okay, so I don't need to figure out about what the connection between John Goodman and Arnold Schwarzenegger is. No. Okay. Um, so, but it's not... Okay, so... They're not... They're all different ratings... Except for, like, Predator and Godfather are both rated R. I guess Raiders and Monsters are both rated PG, but not all four have the same rating. Mm-hmm. Um, this is tough. Can I get a hint? Sure. I'm trying to think. I mean, my hint was kind of like it doesn't have anything to do with the director. Oh, sorry, sorry, like, sorry. But I'm trying to think of another one that wouldn't just give it away to you. Um, I guess... <laughs> I was going to say, think of what they have in common. But that's the name Thank of the you. game. <laughs> Um, I'll think about a hint, but try and keep working okay. it out a little bit. Let's like, think. Raiders is the 80s, Godfather's the 70s, Predator's the 80s. It's, the connection that they share doesn't have to do with these particular, like, these titles, but has to do with their relationship to some other work. Okay. Um, The Godfather has a sequel that's also a half sequel. Okay, so maybe, like, their sequel is also a prequel? But does that happen yeah. in Predator? Yeah, well, because well, Prey, because Prey, yeah. So the future movie in their franchise it's takes mo- place before the movie that is. It, it's there. just movies with prequels. Oh, okay. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> movies that have prequels. Well, well, like Godfather Part Two is arguably like part prequel, part sequel, right? Right, but it, there is prequel element, right? Okay. And okay so okay. I mean, same. Yeah. Okay. Thank. Okay. Phew. I'm glad I'm you done with that it. one. You that was it. rough. <laughs> you got it. You got it. You made it right. All right. Here's the next one. These are movies. Okay. Uh-huh. The Silence of the Lambs. Okay. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Okay. Dallas Buyers Club. Uh huh. Three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. They're they were all nominated for Best Picture. That is a commonality, but that's not okay because the they didn't all came up with. Not all of them won though. Um, it's a little bit more. It's a little bit deeper okay. than that. Three billboards, Dallas Buyers Club, Everything Everywhere, and Silence of the Lambs. Um. But it does have to do with the Oscars. So oh, you're on the right uh, track. supporting actor. They all won supporting actor. A little bit deeper. Did they not all win supporting actor? I think. I, think I don't. I don't know if Hopkins was in leader supporting. Okay. For silence. Um. They've all won multiple acting awards. Correct. They are, they are all movies that have won two or more acting Oscars. Okay. So it was Jodie Foster and Anthony Hopkins. Uh-huh. Um, Everything Ever All Once actually has three. Yeah. Kehi Kwan, Jamie Lee and Curtis, then, and Michelle Yeoh. Mm, Dallas Buyers Club was McConaughey and Leto. And the three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri was both... Um, Francis and... Francis um, and... Rockwell. Or Rockwell. Yeah, Sam Rockwell. So, uh, yeah. Movies with two, more, two or more acting Oscar wins. Everything Everywhere All at Once is actually one of only three movies to have three. And no movie has all had wow. all four nominees. Has all four wins. 
And everything everywhere, I just found this out, this is just fun fact, is the only one to have three wins that also won Best Picture. Oh, Isn't that cool. wild? Okay, yeah. you got that. Good job. Okay, here's the last one, mm-hmm. and these are directors. Danny DeVito. He's Henry oh, Selleck. Okay. okay. Robert Zemeckis. Okay. And Steven Spielberg. They've directed Raw Doll adaptations. You got that right off the bat, and I thought that was that was the easy. most complex one. <laughs> no, my goal for that one was like they're so different from each other, and like how like what is the what could they possibly intersect on? And you got that literally right see, off did the DeVito bat. Did Devito do so Matilda? Devito did Matilda. And then Selleck Henry did Selleck uh, did James, James and the Giant Peach. And Robert Zemeckis is the Witches, yeah, the new one, and Steven Spielberg BFG. BFG. Yep. Nice job. You got that right away. That is that is the connection that made me think of this game because I was like, that's so funny how all these <laughs> random directors have done Roald Dahl movies. And you didn't put Wes Anderson in there. <laughs> I didn't. You just did four. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> but yeah, that's crazy. I didn't realize Danny DeVito did it, but I was like, all these other guys have. Well, because, yeah, I guess maybe if I had swapped like because having Zemeckis and Spielberg in there was maybe a little bit more of a giveaway if I had put Wes well, Anderson. The one that gave but it away just... for me was Selleck, actually. That's interesting. I don't know. I just feel like even like the fact like okay they're all directors and you might even know the movies that they've made but i was talking to some people that like almost like seemed so unfamiliar with like which movies were based on Roald doll stuff or not oh okay <laughs> yeah no it's cuz selick has such a limited filmography that that was a big key giveaway That's for me true. so he's like only done like uh nightmare before christmas uh the james, the james and Grand peach. peach um that new one that i just Wendell and wild oh, yeah. and coraline and then Monkey Bone, which is a random 90s live action movie with, uh, what's his name? Brendan Fraser. <laughs> like, yeah. I think those are, I think that's his entire filmography. Man. Well, congratulations. You did great. Good job. I would like to give all the praise to Henry Selick. Way to go, Henry. Who deserves more credit to his name because people always call it Tim Burton's Nightmare Before Christmas, which I is know. what the title of the movie is. Yeah. Like, arguably, that's what it's called, but he didn't direct that movie. It was all Henry no. Selick. Also, all of his stop motion movies are great. You should watch them all. Well, I haven't seen Monkey Bone, so I can't speak to the. I don't know. I never heard of that, but I like Brendan Fraser. I think there's a like a stop motion monkey, and he goes into a weird like nightmare hell land with the monkey. I heard it's a bad movie, but I haven't seen it, so I don't know. Well, well done, Ryan. Um, Speaking of Nightmare Before Christmas and Henry Selleck, uh, you know where where that takes place in Halloween during the holidays Town? at Disneyland's Haunted Mansion. Oh! And that's one of the movies that we watched since we've been on hiatus. That's true, but not the old one. Not the old Eddie Murphy one, but I do like that one. I'm actually f- a fan of that one. I haven't seen it in a while. I need to update my opinion on it, but to do that, I need to rewatch the film. But so. we watched the new 2023 Haunted Mansion starring like Lakeith Stanfield. Jamie Lee Curtis, Jamie Lee from Curtis. Everything I Remember. Oh, yeah, She's sure. one of the winners. And uh, Danny DeVito from Danny the DeVito game. It's working out. Directing Matilda. <laughs> Uh, Owen Wilson. Everything's working out except for the fact that of uh, this movie being good. Oh, Jared Leto. <laughs> so Jared Leto's the half hour ghost. It's it's perfect. That's actually one of my ma- one of my biggest gripes. Um, this movie, it's fine. It's a good like little spooky adventure introductory like to spooky movies for kids. Maybe I'm jealous of you actually because you watched this at home on Disney Plus and I went to the theater but to watch. This. I have gripes such as the Hatbox Ghost did not need to be Jared Leto. That could have just been a fully CGI character. I don't know why they had to pay that man to do that role. Jamie Lee Curtis. I love that she's in this movie, but there's some weird choices from that character. But 
Speaking of the cast, Lakeith Stanfield... He's so good! He's so good in this movie. Why is he so good in this? It's almost like he's so good that it makes the movie worse, because it's like, why is he acting so well and being like... Like, the drama that he brings to his character is so good that you're like... It, by comparison, just the fact that this performance is happening in this movie is, like, trash. <laughs> exactly. Also, did you realize... I don't think we've talked about this yet, but I don't know if you saw... I saw a tweet on Twitter, and maybe you saw it when you watched the movie... Apparently, there's a disclaimer on Disney Plus when you watch it. You know how it has those disclaimers, uh-huh. like it features like cigarette yeah. smoking or something like that. It said it features product placement because there's so much product placement in this movie that they had to put a disclaimer. I didn't even notice the disclaimer, but like I do remember that like a lot of the product placement in the movie were like uh, Tiffany Haddish is trying to summon the like create a seance or whatever and she's saying all the things she needs and then she says and i need a legal pad from cvs or i need a candle from like yankee candle or something and then the one that stands out the most to me is it's a little spoilers for the movie so sorry about that but we're not caring as much about spoilers anymore because we're not trying to promote these films because they're struck work we're just reviewing them which is allowed under the sag after guidelines but like stanfield is giving this heartfelt backstory about his wife's death and she dies because she went on a drive because she wanted to go get Baskin Robbins. Oh yeah, that's dropped cool. the name of the brand so of the much, ice cream like a she million wants, times. Right? Yeah. I can't believe she went to get Baskin Robbins, and I didn't want to go with her to get Baskin Robbins. And then she got in a car crash on her way to Baskin yeah. Robbins. Yeah. And the performance is just so good that you don't. The performance is so good oh, that it's like it hurts <laughs> coming off the page. You're like, what is this? Well, it's an ad for Baskin Robbins. That's what, it's a commercial. <laughs> is what it is. But I um, mean, a lot of the performances are like solid for what the movie is. Like Danny DeVito and Owen Wilson do a lot of There's not enough Danny fun. DeVito. Danny DeVito, I don't, he does seem like he was just thrown into this movie at the last minute. It's like, and Danny DeVito's here too because he's a weird exactly. little guy, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> and Owen Wilson, like. Was a fake priest for some reason. He he stole the plot line from uh, what's that? Bad movie? Times Jeff of the Royale. Yeah. Yes, but also like he was a fake priest, and I don't know. I I was paying close attention to this movie, but I don't feel like they ever like outright made him like. There was no moment where he was like coming to terms with the fact like announcing that he was a fake priest. Oh, okay. And I was like, are we just supposed to infer this is true? No, but no, like, he kind of, like, tells them. It's like a throwaway line or something. It's not, like, super, like... It's not important. I was waiting for it, because it's like, you can tell from the beginning that it's like, okay, he's going to be a priest for some reason. And I was waiting for that, like, to be explained why he's doing this. Well, he and does it, like, kind of explain. Wasn't. He's like, basically, he wants to, like... He's running a fake exorcism business. Right, but then he just continues to pretend to be a priest for the rest of the movie. That's true. After... (laughs) Like, I don't... Like, what was the point of him pretending and then saying... Maybe he's trying to convince the ghosts. I don't know. (laughs) It was very strange. But Um, then also, like, there's a curse on the house, right? Throughout the whole movie, and they try to lift it. And at the end, they do. And we realize the curse is the reason why all the ghosts are tethered to the house. But then they lift the curse, and all the ghosts are still there. Yep. And Because they like to be there. Yeah. Well, it's a mansion, dude. Those ghosts are bougie. Yeah, but I mean, like, they could. I like, want to live in a multi-million they could go dollar to the afterlife. Also, I want to under. I, I mean, I know it's haunted and like run down, but how the fuck did Rosario Dawson, as a single mother, afford that home? Uh, because it was haunted, and no one wanted to buy it. <laughs> I'm just saying. I feel like any other contractor 
in, t- in this day and age would, would be it like just it's bulldozed haunted. it and made it okay a i'll buy building? it yeah exactly 100 yeah. percent. i can sell 70 condos right here yeah yeah i don't give a fuck if it's haunted um but, but yeah. I, there were a lot of cool things i liked about it like some of the set pieces like i really enjoyed oh, yeah. the and haunting room the stretching room and the scene. cgi stuff like is really like it's done really well like i really like some of the sequences where it's like it's like a mixed bag of a movie it is a mixed bag. i'd give it like a c but like it's definitely something that i would recommend like if families have kids that are like interested in like horror, but maybe you're like still too young to watch like any of your favorite horror movies, like this is a great movie to kind of get their feet wet, like mm-hmm. a Coraline or like that kind of vibe, where it's like Coraline's way better. It's way better, but I'm just saying like it's it, it's like family friendly, but it also is like that little bit of like a taste of like something that feels eerie and spooky and That's challenging true. and like if you want to get your kid interested in like that type of movie. And it doesn't mention. Uh, how often the main character is a virgin, like another family-friendly Halloween movie, Hocus Pocus. <laughs> and if that's like concerning to you... Hocus Pocus is, yes. This beloved Halloween, <laughs> beloved Halloween classic, and yet it would open so many, like a bigger can of worms than like this movie does. Like, you know, like if that line is like thrown off like once or something in yeah. like a movie, like, oh, this candle can only be lit by a virgin and then it gets lit and it's never touched again. But they talk about his virginity no, so much in that movie. There's no way kids aren't sitting there watching that movie going, mommy, what's a virgin and why is it such a big deal? Yeah. <laughs> you know, so. if you don't want to have that conversation, maybe you could watch Lakeith Stanfield talk about Baskin Robbins. I mean, his dead wife. I mean, pick your poison. Vir- virginity talk or product placement. Or I guess you could... Both of them you have to deal with death. So, if you're not ready for that conversation, maybe stay with Coco yeah. Melon. But, yeah, Han Mansion's fine, but if you want a really good family-friendly movie, you should watch Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. Oh, but that's not a Halloween movie? It's not a Halloween movie, but it's a great kids movie, and I think it's appropriate for all audiences, and I freaking love this one. I think this is one of my favorite movies of the year. I, I laughed a lot in this theater. It's hilarious, but also the performances. Like, I know it's weird to talk about performances and, like, a movie that's like animated about no, the turtles, voice performances, but somehow like they do capture the essence of like what it like what teenagers are like within the Ninja Turtles, which I think is like a weakness that other versions of TMNT have had in the past is like they don't feel enough like they're teenagers. But this one really does. I don't know how well it'll hold up five ten years from now when like the slang is different and things like that. But also like I don't know. We watch to watch like eighties movies and nineties movies, and it's like a. Like, it's like a product of that time. Exactly. So I think this will still hold up for audiences. Plus and the animation's unique. Like, it's trying to give you that spider animation. Feel, it's got a it's great, different. like, soundtrack. And, I don't know, the way that it intersects, like, the comedy's really great. The action's really fun still, even though it's animated. And there's, like, some really great heart to it. Like, I actually teared up in the third act. Like, I love this the whole arc that they have of like the turtles wanting to be accepted by society feeling like they can't be themselves and then learning that like they can be heroes and then be beloved by people no matter like the fact that they're ninja turtles <laughs> i don't know and I mean, it does the perfect thing that you need to do if you're a superhero movie set in new york which is make new york a character and they go we're fighting for the superhero yes. like when they're like Stop messing with Spider-Man, Green it's Goblin. It's all over, yeah. It's they do that for the He's a hero. <laughs> exactly. They do it for him. And I'm like, mm, give me that New York loves the hero vibe. That's 100%, so fun. 100%. It's a great movie. Um, And if you got Paramount Plus, it's on Paramount Plus. Watch it right now. Yeah, enjoy it. Absolutely. That, that's and it's definitely a movie that i will return to that's like a it's a great recommend family friendly like throw it on when you have friends over it's great something that i wouldn't just recommend to throw on for anybody 
is um, the film Old Boy, which is... Oh, that one's harder to find. It's, I don't think it's on a streaming Which is right not now. recent, but it did have a recent re-release in theaters that Ryan and were able to catch. Yeah, the Korean version, not the Spike Lee one. Yes, correct. The Park original Jung-ho, Old Boy. Right? And, yes. Um, Park Chang-wook, sorry. It's a, it's a great movie. I don't even know how to talk about this. I don't know why I wrote it on here. I think you truly just have to watch it. If you're but in... also, I don't want to tell anybody to watch it. Okay, so... This movie got a lot of, like, buzz and acclaim around the time of, like, I don't know, like, when did this movie come out? Like, maybe, like, early 2000s, late 90s era. Like, I feel like a lot of people got this and maybe rented it at Blockbuster and then, like, passed it around to all their buddies in their dorm rooms and they're like, you gotta watch this, man. It's brutal. It's crazy. Right? Yeah. But, like, I don't know. It is both of those things, but it's actually really good too you know what i mean totally. it's that like kind of like fight club right like it's brutal it's crazy and it's like kind of fucked up right yeah. but it's like oh like there's actually a good movie behind this it's not just like this toxic like college douche bro 100 oh, yeah but i can feel like why it has i mean sort of you can see how it has influenced like the way that action sequences and like the stylistic direction of like action films i feel like a lot of our modern interpretation is greatly inspired by this movie. Mm-hmm. But I think it's also like one of the first like Korean films to break through to Western audiences. Which is so too. cool. Yeah, and that's really cool too. But um yeah, it's it's heavily it's a doozy. I liked it. I thought it was really good. I really liked it, but it's like I had heard like the action's great and also the ending is like got a big twist and kind of dark and I was I like, didn't okay. know anything about the ending. I but just... that was like I didn't know how twisted and how dark um, so yeah, I kind of want to watch it again. I kind of do too. So like, I don't know. I can understand trepidations about recommending it. Yes. But also I recommend it. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I co-sign. Yeah. Co-sign. Also, there was a funny little interview at the end with some French director. That was him weird. About, that was kind of funny. I like that. But it's fun to go watch re-releases in theaters. That's what I would recommend, honestly. Yeah. More than just old boy, like... If you check your AMC app or, like, whatever theater you go to, like, there's other movies that are getting put in theaters. Yeah. Like, and well, it's fun to go watch going back. Is that kind of It's fun to go, like, watch something on the big screen that maybe you haven't had Let's the chance see. to in a while or have never had the chance to because it came out, like, before you were going to the movies or whatever. Exactly. Like, the other week, uh, one of our mutual friends invited me to go watch Back to the Future on the big screen. But then oh, they fun. found out it was a Fathom event and it's excluded oh, from A-list. So we didn't go. Um, but let's see. Are there any... Oh, The Nightmare Before Christmas just got re-released in theaters. And I don't think that was a Fathom event. So if you wanted to go see that, that's fun. Mm-hmm. I've seen The Nightmare Before Christmas. They did some Christmas good like ones around Halloween time. They had a they Hocus Pocus like, one. Ones. They, they, they were putting like Get Out and other horror oh, yeah, movies like and, that in theaters. Um, what was it? Midsummer, The Director's Cut went. Mm-hmm. So that was cool. Um, but yeah, yeah, I recommend that fun for re-releases. Sure. Especially now that the movies are being delayed so much, you might see more re-releases. <laughs> that's kind of what I was thinking so. too. Um, some other fun movies that we caught in theaters in the last few months. Uh, we saw Bottoms. Oh, that uh, was fun. Starring Ayo Edebiri and Rachel Sennett. And that was a great movie. Well, we didn't see that together. Ryan saw it and then I saw it later. Um, I fucking loved it. I laughed so hard. I did too. It was great. I thought it was hilarious. Um, <laughs> some of the performances, I, this, it's like a more like Gen Z or like more like internet aware version of like mean girls for like today's audiences thing, yeah. right and just like even more absurdist even more like hypersexual, hyper violent but like but like not, fucking hilarious yeah not as like 
overtly sexual. It's like, like it's not like porn Mean Girls is like, like about that. sex. Yeah, but like the and and also important to note, Bottoms also very queer, and I think that that kind of embraces like mm-hmm. some of like the way that the current audiences consume media is we want to see stories about relationships that maybe aren't just like stereotypical like cheerleader and football Uh player like boy and girl heterosexual romance like we Mm -hmm. want to see all these different types of relationship dynamics and it delves into a lot of like uh female romance sapphic romance but also like friendships and the way that those can intertwine and like be a part of that too is like both the leads of this movie are queer women like those characters but they're not interested in pursuing a relationship romantically with each other right Mm -hmm. so they're like trying to pursue other like women and they're supporting each other in that endeavor, yes, you know? absolutely. It's like, yeah, just because they do have a sexual orientation that you might assume they're attracted to each other and they want to, like, you know, have a nice romantic relationship or sexual relationship with each other, that's not the relationship they want to pursue. They've just been lifelong friends, and that's totally normal and fine. Yeah, absolutely. But, um, I also really like Marshawn Lynch in this movie. Oh my gosh, it's great. <laughs> and the story of why he did this movie is I don't know the better. story. He has said in an interview that he has a sister that came out as a lesbian to him. And he said that he was younger when that happened and he didn't feel like he responded in an appropriate way. And so mm-hmm. he said he took this role as a way to kind of like, like an make apology. amends to like saying that he kind of like is more like understanding of that now and does like wants to support the community rather than like what his, you can imagine like a young like straight male like football player how mm-hmm. they might respond to like a family member being queer right mm-hmm. and i think that's very cool that now like he's pu- not just like privately making amends but publicly putting himself on the face of something that is like very queer coded and very like embracing of the queer community to try and like do some kind of reparation for yeah. like any damage that he caused to his family or whatever uh-huh. so and, uh honestly bottoms and two other movies that aren't on this list that i've seen that you haven't seen yet tyler i think make a great like queer absurdist trilogy of 2023 Dick's the musical dicks the musical and theater camp mm-hmm. you watch dicks the musical theater camp and bottoms they're all going to give you the same vibe with different levels of like hilarity and absurdity in each of them but still with the same like overarching theme of absurdist queer movies in That's 2023 awesome. I love that. and it's great that we're getting that type of cinema and to varying degrees I think those worked for me and to varying degrees I was left off the boat because, you know, I'm not necessarily the target audience for this being a straight white cis het man, right? Uh, But I still enjoy that type of cinema and it's being made for different audiences and I still find a lot of it funny and relatable. Totally, yeah. Well, I mean, especially like, I think a lot of audiences will still find some of this content funny because like queer culture is also so entwined with like pop culture and like internet Mm -hmm. comedy right now Mm -hmm. too. Like, I don't think there's like private jokes and bottoms that like only gay people will get yeah. but it's definitely creative for an audience that is like in the know and like understanding of like that that have that type of humor and embracing of that type of humor exactly and like it's kind of it's almost like one of those things where like gay people can make jokes about being gay and it's okay because they're gay but like we don't want to see like movies made by straight people making fun of people for being gay you know what i mean yeah it's like a and there's of a that really funny club. joke that fits exactly what you're saying about yeah. that in dicks the musical okay but I won't spoil it for our audience here since we're not talking about that right now, but I can tell you off my okay, Um Another technically re-release, but also a new release because it was a remastered version that we caught in theaters was Stop Making Sense, the Talking Heads oh, yeah, concert film. Oh, yeah, And concert what movies. a, what a fucking blast. Holy shit. Even though we were only two of the four people there in the theater. Our theater was so small, I'm so sad because i see tiktoks of people that went to one of these and people were dancing and singing along but we also that went, like, was four great weeks after it but released. my goodness this was 
incredible and this is my first time ever seeing stop making sense although i've heard about it, it so for fun. many years and that it's a great concert film and i love the talking heads music um and this was incredible and i love that we got to catch it on the big screen um one of the biggest things that i took away from this movie was just seeing like how they put this production together and watching as the overlap of like everything that is obviously very meticulously planned like when I'm when I dance this way, you're gonna copy this routine or like mm-hmm. the outfits that they're wearing or how the stage pieces come on and like all these things that like a lot of it was very obviously very meticulously planned and detailed. But it's also a live concert, and so there's obviously these elements of like spontaneity and you know things that are just happening because it's like the energy in the room. Yeah, and the beautiful like cohesion that came together between like the meticulous but also the spontaneous was like just wonderful like it's like a it was like being in the room for the concert like you could just see all these things playing out and it was wonderful i thought it was really cool watching like taking a peek into what concerts used to look like back in the 80s totally and like seeing like oh everything they have has a cord coming out of it and they have to figure out where all these wires go yeah like there's so much wireless shit that we have in modern concerts now that we just take for granted totally or like the way they filmed it every once in a while you'd see someone carrying out like this giant big ass camera. camera well that was one of the biggest things is like it's one of the best concert films of all time because not a lot of concert films from that era could be shot that way. Yeah. Like they were just okay putting a bunch of big ass cameras on stage and like do do doing it, you know. Exactly. But not a lot of other artists like wanted to do that at that time because the equipment was like expensive and heavy and like uh-huh. difficult to operate. Yeah, and also the fact that that show took place in like a small theater, right? It was at the Pantages. Sure. I don't know what that means. Sorry. It's the Pantages <laughs> Theater in L.A. Oh, like, have we been there? It's, I have been there. It's like, they do like Broadway musicals there. Okay. Like, okay. Stuff like that. But yeah, but it wasn't like a big stadium or a big amphitheater. Yeah, it's like you know? a, it's like picture like a theater, like, like a theater, theater downtown. Yeah. 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 Or like, it's almost more like the Balboa theater. Okay. Downtown. Yeah. But so it's like that, right? It's, and that kind of seems like the norm. If you're not like one of these giant, like going on a stadium tour, you're probably playing shows like this a lot of yeah. the time in the eighties. Which was cool. And every once in a while, I would cut to the people in the audience and just seeing, like, the fashion that people wore. Oh, totally. Like, fucking men in suits showing up to Talking Head concerts. Yeah. Like, coming Glasses straight in like, the office or something. And things like that, yeah. Like, totally. okay, cool. That's the vibe, I guess. But I guess it was, right? And, like, Tyler and I got to, like, do little chair dances while we were watching the yes. movie and sing a little along. And it was a fun time. Yeah. And it the dude so in fun. front of me was crushing these, like, uh, MacGuffins drinks. Like, he was having oh, a great time, great. too. I love that. <laughs> but concert movies are a big thing now. Totally. I also like, went coming to the, back. I also went to the Eras tour. But I haven't seen the show, but, but I not did, in person. <laughs> I went to the I, I, I went version. to the one in person. You went to the one in person. But I I experienced the Eras tour as well while I was in the theater across the hall. Oh yeah. Listed or watching a different movie <laughs> that was like I kind of was really grateful for the Eras tour because it alleviated a lot of the tension that I That's was feeling. So <laughs> um if you want to know what I'm talking about, you can look at my letterbox review. Shameless plug. Uh, Aeros Tour is, is very interesting. Um, I had a, I had a great time with that, but I mean, what a great concert. Taylor Swift's an amazing performer. I think Stop Making Sense as like a concert film and like, it's just a better movie like product, but Aeros Tour, big fan. Also, how much has concert film evolved when there's like all these freaking crazy drone shots and, and led lights like on everyone that. Wrist that are awesome. programmed and then you got tickets to renaissance tour right and i have tickets to go see the beyonce movie which i anticipate to be part concert film but i also think 
I thought there would be some content for this in, in the Eras movie, but it was just the show start to finish. Mm-hmm. I think there will be more of like behind the scenes. Oh, that's cool. Like more documentary type stuff in the Renaissance film as well. Nice. Um, and like separate visuals that weren't filmed like just at the show, but like for the there's movie. been this like rumored thing that Beyonce has visuals for the whole album that still haven't been released, like music video visuals and stuff like oh, that. Oh, okay. And people think that it'll, it'll be like pieces of like re- rehearsing for the tour behind the scenes live on the tour and then the official visuals like some kind of mishmash of those aspects so but i think it's really cool like i mean one good thing to come out of this strikes and the lack of theater content coming out is that like we're getting more not traditionally seen in theater things like these concert movies well i think that's awesome like going to the movies going to the theater can be seeing more than just like a written movie like exactly I want to normalize, like, go see a documentary in theaters. Go see a concert in theaters. A couple years like, ago, you know, AMC put NFL games, and I'm sad. That, that's insane. Yeah, I and they were live. They were live. Like, you went on Sunday morning at, like, 10 a.m. to go to AMC that's to watch insane. the football Actually, game. Actually, I would do that. Like, it, it, they haven't done it at all this year, and I'm kind of bummed, but, like... Bring it back, because that seems fun. Dude, they need to put they need to bring baseball on at AMC next year. Like, <laughs> if the Padres can't reach, like, an actual another TV agreement, because they Are got, they done with Bali? Well, Bali went bankrupt last season. MLB had oh. to bail them out. And, like, halfway through the season, I had to change my subscription to MLB TV to get that the sucks. games. <laughs> so, because baseball television contracts, there are so many games and so many teams uh-huh. that it's all a fucking mess. But I was like... That'd be crazy if they're like, our new country is, is with AMC theaters, and they you have to go to the theater to watch the fucking game. You have game. to freaking subscribe on the app to like watch it on Insane. your TV. You have to get an A-list Insane. subscription if you want it to stream at home. Um, but I love it, because I, I love to support the theaters, and I, I think especially now after like we went through years of a pandemic that theaters didn't have to reduce business, Like it's nice that there are now, uh-huh. like the Aeros Tour is making so much fucking money, yeah. and there are these other cool projects beyond just like feature films that are helping theaters get business. But that's another cool thing. The Eras Tour is distributed by AMC Theaters. Totally. It's not like she skirted the uh, studios and the studios yes. were pissed about that. But like no one else is. Yep. Yeah. Sorry, studios. Figure out how you to, don't have like, to make pay money your out actors, of everything. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, what else did we see, Tyler? Uh, we also saw the new Saw film, Saw X. Oh, Socks. But we could only watch it after you caught up, Ryan. We just saw one and two. You haven't seen the whole I saw Spiral yet. when we went a couple we years ago. We did see Spiral a few years ago, but that doesn't relate. It said from the book it's like of a Saw. It was from the same it's book. It's like a spinoff. These are um, not movies. These are chapters sure. in a book. Sure, sure, sure. And this is the 10th chapter that fits in between the first and the second. Somehow, yes. But I thought Saw X was really good. I really liked it, I liked too. it a lot. I mean, I've liked all four Saw films that I've seen. Great. And you I've, will not like the rest of them I've as heard much. There's, there's so far 100 percent of these movies are. Good. I like a, I like all the Saw movies. It's just that objectively, some of them are not as good as others. But Saw X, I think, is one of the like objectively good Saw movies. Like the performances are good. Maybe there's some weird stuff about oh. like with how long the like setup for the movie takes. But I liked it. I'm invested uh, in like John Kramer being the protagonist of this film, even though he's like yeah a serial so, killer. As someone who came into this franchise. Um, I watched the first movie on my own and I really enjoyed it. And then I got up with my buddy Tyler and we watched the second one at his place. And I also enjoyed that one. And then we went and saw the 10th one together in theaters, <laughs> skipping the middle ones. And I thought it was really fun But it works too. because it, it takes place in the era of one and two. Yes. It does, it's not like but, a delayed sequel. But I think this might have, we might have to go and explain part of our theater experience for these people like we did last time. Oh my gosh. 
So there were this these group of frat bros in the same row as us, Tyler. Remember Just these a guys? Two seats to our right. They were like two seats away from. Was it me or you that was you, on the outside? It was me. And they show up. Well, first of all, the audience for a soft film completely different vibe than like most other films I go to. It see. was really strange. They were rowdy. I think it's just like I don't know what's going on with some of these like long lasting horror. I think it was because late. It was a late showing, and it was like a horror movie, and I think that brings and it in, was like, like a little a bit of the horror riffraff. franchise that was like really strong in the early two thousands. Yeah. I don't know because like first of all, like people coming in super late, going into the wrong seats, and that causing people to shift to other yeah. seats. But we've already covered that. This was yeah. a whole new experience. That included somebody getting up from their seat and trying to leave the theater, but trying to do so through the emergency exit at the front rather than, like, the hallway that you walk well, through. Well, this because this man was so, like, drunk or loaded on something yeah. that he didn't know what was going on. And he leaves the theater. He's gone for quite a while. Well, wait, wait, wait. You don't... You didn't let them know why he left the theater. I We didn't know this well, no, yet. I, I did because order. I was oh. sitting next to him and I could overhear him because they're talking at, like... I they, thought it would be learned after the fact. No, no. They're talking at, like... Almost full volume, right? Oh, that was there was a lot of that too. So, uh, I could hear exactly what they were talking about. The guy in the middle of the three or four guys leans over to the guy who's closer to me to try to get more popcorn, and realizes we're all out of popcorn. I'm gonna go buy some more popcorn. (laughs) That's the drunkest among them to go buy popcorn. That's when he gets up and tries to leave through the emergency exit, and he's gone for a while. And while While he's he's gone, gone. (laughs) the theater manager comes in to see if anything's happened because I think he tripped a silent alarm when he tried to leave. Yeah, of course there's going to be silent alarm through the emergency exit that's like, not just because that's what would happen in in an emergency if we had to exit the theater, but also because that's what's been used in the past to do like crime in theaters. Exactly. what I'm talking about. Yes. But then the man (laughs) finally comes back and he doesn't have popcorn in his hands, Tyler. Do you know what he has? Beer. He has two cans, or not cans, uh, cups of beer full to the top. And he comes and he sits down and the guys are like, what the fuck, man? Where's our popcorn? He's like, I get the beer. And he, I think he does, I think he drinks both those beers by himself. And the end of the movie comes and we get to take a sneak peek at this man. And what's he doing, Tyler? Do you remember this? I don't think I remember. He's passed the fuck oh, out. Oh, he was asleep. That's He's right. so sleepy. And the guys are trying to wake him up. They're like snapping and They're clapping like, in front of him, shaking him. And Tyler... I think we him. left the theater and he might have been dead. Tyler leans over to him. He's like, you put on your jigsaw voice and you go, I want to play a game. <laughs> Get out of the theater or else. <laughs> or something like that. that. <laughs> like, time to wake up. <laughs> It was so funny. Well, it's literally how every saw trap starts is this dude's passed out yeah. and then they wake up to the sound of Jigsaw's voice. So, oh, that was a wild time. But Saw but X honestly, is a good, good It kind of added to my experience of the movie and I kind of dug it. It did heighten it a little bit. There's something about, like, I mean, a very intense and, like, gory and brutal <sighs> movie like Saw, but then watching it and the audience isn't just, like... Purely for, invested and, like, They're not immersed. just, like, taken aback by it. They're, like, we're laughing at it and we're enjoying it together. Like, it takes some of that, takes some yeah. of the edge off, you know? But, oh, that was another thing. When the dude came back with his beers, he tries to go up the wrong staircase. <laughs> we were, like, everyone side. in the theater, like, at least five of us, including you and me, are, like, wrong way, bro. Like, <laughs> go to the other loud side. enough for him yeah. to hear. So we're, like, kind of talking at this volume now, right? Like, a little bit more elevated than yeah. we would at just a normal speaking voice. But, like, everyone's just, like, come on, man, over there. And, like, no one's, like, pissed at him. They're just like kind of maybe some people are slightly annoyed for those for those periods of time people were paying more attention to his saga than anything that was happening on the screen that's true like see i remember all of this i don't remember like 
I think John Kramer learned the word for pull in Spanish in the movie. I don't remember when he did that. But I don't know why he culturally appropriated the Mayan mask for his last trap. Maybe he was was just inspired. And then he also tried to give someone cancer with a giant radiation gun. Right. (laughs) Remember that? That was brutal. (laughs) Some of these traps are pretty crazy. I think this one out of all three that I've... I don't know. Definitely more intense than the first saw. Yeah. I think maybe it's even also, more intense than the second one, too. It's more intense than either of the, any of those three that I've seen. It's also funny because in Saw 1, Jigsaw is, like, not really a character. Like, we don't know who John Kramer is, and we only see, like, the puppet and everything. And, like, all the traps are introduced by the the tape recorder and the puppet and yada yada. And then Saw 2, John Kramer becomes a character, but separate from the people that are going through the traps still don't, like, know He's who like John Kramer is. like in the interrogation with like, Donnie Wahlberg. It's, yes, it's, like, a separate timeline where, like... John Kramer is being investigated by the police, but then everyone that's like undergoing a trap is still just seeing Jigsaw through like the puppet and the et tape recording and so on. Saw X for some reason, which takes place between one and two. John Kramer is just he's the hero. There, he's the main character, unmasked, like administering the traps himself. Oh, okay. <laughs> like that's the weird thing to me is I'm like, I all of a it. sudden now, no, it was great because because it takes him and he becomes the protagonist of this. He's film, more of a sympathetic but it's guy. Like, it's like for this one time his little like foray to mexico city he decided that whole like anonymous thing doesn't really matter i'm just gonna like tell you what to do myself but i still brought my puppet in the carry-on and he's gonna roll in here on a tricycle for i do think it's also funny that like he's just in a separate room that they can all see him in. yes exactly right and he still gives them the little tape recorders yes and they're like i don't want to listen to this so then he gets in the louder speaker he's like I'll tell you this way anyway. Like, why didn't you just do that for all of them? <laughs> There's so much more prep had to go into this version of, like, him doing the traps than, like, any of the other ones. And he somehow had to do all this, like, while he was, like, on vacation in Mexico. Yeah, not on home turf advantage this time, Jigsaw. <laughs> like, Amazon Prime was not around. I don't know how he shipped all this stuff down to Mexico. Yeah, we know it wasn't around because it takes place in the early 2000s. Yes. But I, I found an anachronism in this movie, Tyler. Oh, what is it? That completely breaks oh, no. it. What is it? This movie's supposed to take place in, like, what, 2001 or 2002, right? But what is John Kramer uh, doing on his laptop? He's using Gmail, which wasn't around at that time. So this movie's horrible dog shit. Don't see it because of this one little mistake. It ruins the movie. Ding. I don't even remember Gmail. I just thought it was a generic mail app. So to me, it's still fine. Okay, okay, okay. Headcanon, it's at mail dot... At go. <laughs> at go mail. Go mail. Let's go. We're so back. <laughs> um, And then last and certainly least, we did see the film Five Nights at Freddy's. Ooh, I didn't. I thought... Okay, this movie is bad, y'all. I don't know why everyone it's loves this It's not good, shit. but for some reason, the teenagers and also somehow people my age that are like into this shit like love it i don't know and i guess it's I don't made it. for the fans i right? guess so. we're not fans we're not I... fans i played five nights at freddy's like the original game like twice in college and i was like this is dumb i've seen maybe five minutes of gameplay footage and tyler and i right before watching this maybe watched half of a game theory video about it because we're like what's this all about and we gave up halfway through because yes. we were done with it um but apparently People love this shit. There's so much lore, and I feel like this movie, like, depends on the lore so much, but also doesn't, because they try to explain everything from the get-go, but you also, like, 
It doesn't also, really matter. Also, I don't know how much of it they made up for the movie. <sighs> and, and also, I, overall, really... it's just a bad movie, guys. Like, I was literally laughing at things that weren't supposed to be funny in the movie yeah. theater. And I was having a good time. I was like, this is a bad movie. I'm just going to laugh with it. People were shushing me from laughing at this movie. Yeah, they were strange. taking it so seriously. Well, literally the people in front of me were on Instagram stories. I was like, no one's taking this movie seriously. Why are you shushing me? And then I got out of the theater and I realized that was like an 85% audience score or some shit. And I'm like, oh, actually people love this. Okay. <laughs> I, I thought we were literally watching it for the meme, but for some we reason... We were. Like, but not everybody it's was. now very popular and very profitable. So, I mean, go off. I mean, I like Josh Hodgerson. I love Matthew Lillard. I thought he, oh, did he well. was so fun. The production design and like costumes the are costumes fun. Costumes are awesome. And I'm like, okay, like this is great. Like this is a funny movie of like animatronics being killer. Except for the fact that like it's not enough of a horror movie for me to feel like like the game scary. is the game is scarier than the movie is. Like the game actually jump scares you because it goes dark and then the. Characters uh-huh. pop on screen and it like there's jump no scares jump you. scares in this. like this movie's not well, scary. Like, there's like, a jump scare of like away. the weird little bobblehead thing no. in his locker, right? It cuts That's away from it. like everything. Every time like a kill's gonna happen, like the gnarliest one we see is like the shadow of a monster biting a girl's head off. And she did. And people are on it. TikTok saying like that was so crazy, and I'm like. I saw worse things than Saw X when I went to the movies like a week and a half ago. Like, well, also Saw X is rated R in this PG thirteen. But I'm also so like, it's for a younger I'm audience. Sa- yes, and that's part of it. And so I'm not saying like I get that it's made for a wider audience, but I feel like they could have done more, even within not having to go like full gore and full, full brutality, to still make it like have more essence of scariness, because it was like all of a sudden like halfway through the movie the monsters were friendly and we we're like okay, and building a fort. but then they were still bad at the end and. Because the, they were... I don't know. It was spirits. strange. Okay, another bullshit thing. They reveal... I'm going full spoilers. Who gives a fuck? Um, for FNAF. Um, they reveal that the animatronics are where the corpses of missing children are. And their spirits are also inside of those animatronics. And they're the ones haunting the pizzeria or some shit, right? They reveal all of that. But then... There's also an animatronic that's a cupcake, and it's like two feet tall, maybe. You're telling me there's a child's body stuffed in that, and it has a soul? Uh, this is some pro-life shit, Tyler. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know about that. Although I did see a theory on TikTok that the the cupcake is that the soul in the cupcake is actually the dog that belonged to the what girl dog? that Chica's. <laughs> I don't know their dog. names, Chica. Chica is the duck okay sure (laughs) (laughs) audience are done with iron man and thor they just want chica and freddy (laughs) and bonnie what's the cupcake's name tyler cupcake it doesn't have a name name? no because it was an unborn child it didn't get named yet it's like connected to the cupcake it's not like its own thing that's why they think it's like her dog the dog didn't have a name i don't Enough. Chica wasn't the girl's name. Chica's the character's name. The cupcake doesn't have a name. It's an animated cupcake. Why would they name an animated cupcake for... Because it has eyes. I don't know. Why did they make one? It's a bad movie. But also, I was telling Ryan, I kind of want to watch it again just to suffer. It does have that weird pull, right? It's got good vibes. Like, the set design. Great vibes. And the, like, Just nonsensical plot. And not good. Also, way too much shit with Josh Hutcherson going into Dreamland. Yeah, I think that the, part of my review was like, yes, it needs to be there needs to be more scariness, and also 
I would have rather had them spend more time investing in the lore and understanding why these animatronics are the way that they are yeah. and not dealing so much with dream theory and then um, custody battle. Uh-huh. Also, okay, the dude's aunt is trying to get custody of his little sister because he lives with his sister and has full custody of her, right? And then Freddy Fazbear, or I guess it's not Freddy from a tweet Tyler sent me. There's a different, <laughs> it's a different animatronic bear. that looks just like There's Freddy. There's two but different he, bears. But he looks the same, except for he looks creepier and has a blue eye this time. So I guess he's a different character. Comes into their house, kills their aunt, and leaves the corpse on the body. We never figure out what happened to the corpse. And then the kid just gets full custody of his little sister. If the main person trying to take custody away from you, of your little sibling, like nonsensically or like mysteriously dies and goes missing do you think you're gonna get full custody <laughs> nah, nah, or if, even if they find the, they the mutilated corpse in your house how they cover up right that. doesn't make sense but i did enjoy the matt pack cameo but i that's when i learned tyler didn't know who I, matt didn't know. Was. I still didn't know who that was that made even less sense to me Me and my sister were there and we're like hey it's matt pack yay and i thought that was fun and tyler's like who the fuck is that man why do you care about the waiter and what's he saying a catchphrase <laughs> I thought that was fun. I like that. Well, yeah. I don't know. But it is making a lot of money. And so video game movies are on the rise after the success of Mario and FNAF. Um, yeah. Sonic movies have been good. Yeah. So. I guess that's the new thing. Now that like superhero movies are in decline, video game in incline? Is that a thing? I guess so. We'll see. Yeah. What's next? The Fortnite movie. Ooh. Someone's got to be working on it. I mean, there's so many characters from Fortnite that they can put in. <laughs> Spider-Man. John Wick. Uh, Ariana Grande. Did you Morrissey is in Fortnite? Jim Morris? No, I didn't know that. Not Jim Morrison. Morrissey from oh, the Smiths. Okay. Um, sure. But we also got Dr- Goku's there. Oh, yeah. And uh, who else Travis is Scott. Travis Scott. He goes, ah, with his microphone stand. We went to the Travis Scott concert we in Fortnite. Did, we did. That was fun. Uh, who else Marshmallow. Oh yeah, Ninja has his own skin. Ninja's there. They could get Ninja to play the guy from Fortnite. The Fortnite movie was just Free Guy, but no, or was it Ready Player One? Uh, I guess kind of. Have you seen Free Guy? I saw I like half didn't... of it. I saw one of our uh, friends that we follow, or that like we're mutuals on Letterboxd, gave it four stars. Well, I, I Free Guy's fine. It's a fun time. It's not like art or anything. <laughs> but anyway, Fortnite is though Fortnite. Mm. But not no build. You gotta build. <laughs> okay. You know what I'm talking about? You take away building, what is it? What's Call- left? It's just Battle Royale. Yeah. But, Tyler, we've been talking a lot about video games, right? Just now, right? Just now. Yeah. We so, have been. Because we're big gamers, you and I, right? <laughs> yeah, sure. We game so hard. <laughs> but my, I mean, my Switch screen is up on the TV right now. You can see the games that I play are Fortnite, MLB The Show, and Mario Kart. Dude, Mario Kart has so many new tracks that's so fun but anyway um we're also big movie guys right we've been talking about a lot of movies correct, recently correct, correct. what if we took our love of gaming and going to the movie to and mushed them together and we put them in our favorite app letterboxd okay well i was gonna say gaming and movies hasn't been a good tracker because i think five nights and mario are like just fine but sonic's fun but i don't really play the sonic games so maybe that's the advantage that that movie has oh. Maybe. I don't know. But anyway, Tyler, speaking of video games, movies, and reviews, we're going to play our new favorite game that we've played a lot of times. Let's do it. Called, Can You Figure Out What That Movie Is Based on the Letterboxd Review? And this time, it's all video game movie themed. How exciting for you. 
so the rules of this game, if you're unfamiliar, is I'll read a review from Letterboxd, which is a movie app or site where you can go and rate and review movies. I'll grab a review from a video game movie, Tyler. Okay. And then you will have to tell me what the movie that this Letterboxd review is reviewing, if that makes sense. Let's go. So, like, if I was doing, um, well, here, I mean, let's just jump into it. You'll figure it out as we go along, Great. right? Some of these are going to be easy, and some of these are going to be harder. The main point of this game, for me at least, is to find funny reviews on Letterboxd. Excellent. All right, here's one. Um, this comes from user Nick Tendo. They gave the movie three and a half stars. The review is, Sonic turned pissed yellow and everyone clapped. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> That's Son of the Hedgehog 2. Yeah, nice work. All right, all right. I did clap. (laughs) All right, how about this one? Um, This comes from user 24 Frames of Nick. Two stars. It's far more rewarding to watch a cutscene compilation of the games on YouTube. Oh, I know what this is. This is Uncharted. It is Uncharted. Yeah, that movie's not good. <laughs> I feel like we... I'm just now realizing that I think we already did this game. Did and we? I think I chose that review. Well, hey, we're doing it again. Here we go. <laughs> it's round two. <laughs> well, I made it last time, so you go Okay, perfect. Um, this is from Dumbsville. Uh, two and a half stars. This is like watching a Christian film, only instead of learning to believe in Jesus, the characters learn to believe in PlayStation. Oh, I was hoping that that was going to re- reveal something, but I don't know who... <laughs> Who's trying to teach you to believe in PlayStation? You want to know? It's Gran Turismo. Oh my gosh. (laughs) That makes sense. That's funny. All right. Here's another one. This is longer. Uh, This comes from I, Simon. Two stars. Who the fuck names their protagonist Tim Goodman? That said, as someone who went through a bit of a redacted phase as a kid, I really dug the attention to detail and the effort uh, into bringing both the redacted and the world as a whole to life. The cinematography, scoring sets, and visual effects are really solid. And Ryan, what, what, sorry, and Ryan Reynolds, while off-putting at first, was better than I expected him to be. I don't know a movie that Ryan Reynolds is in and he plays a man named Tim Goodman. Ryan Reynolds um, is not Tim Goodman. Oh. He, Interesting. But he is the title character of the movie. Is, it, is this Free Guy? No, this is Pokemon Detective Pikachu. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. Alright, uh, I have a couple more for you, Tyler. Um, this one comes from Sean Fennessy. Uh, two stars. Where's the toasty guy? <laughs> what? It might help if I read it in the voice where he goes, Where's the toasty guy? Do you know toasty? No. This is for uh, Mortal Kombat 2021. Oh. In the Mortal Kombat franchise, Tyler, I don't know if you're aware, sometimes you'll be playing the game, and every once in a while, a random, like, real person's head will just pop up in the corner of the screen and go toasty what is that i don't know what the like connection is i don't know but i've seen it happen and i've gotten the toasty guy before and it's kind of funny all right um how about this one this is from ihe two stars illumination's best movie and it still sucks oh it's the super mario bros movie yeah the super mario bros movie okay i have two more for you tyler okay great okay um We'll go with this one. This comes from Luke Bonanno. Two stars. Two things we learned from this. One, James Marsden doesn't age. Two, James Marsden doesn't regret hop. 
Sonic? Yes, this is the first Sonic okay. the Hedgehog movie. All right, and my last one for you, Tyler, comes from Reese. One and a half stars. They didn't play the song from TikTok, Sad Face. That's Five Nights at Freddy's. <laughs> they did it. So nice to meet you. I learned it's a fan song. I thought it was in the game. I don't know anything about this lore. And honestly, the barrier between fan content and actual lore in this franchise is seems muddled. to be very minimal. And I feel like there's not as much lore, but then the fans added into it, and then the lore became Just becomes from okay. That. Yes, exactly. And then the creator of the game wrote books or some shit. I don't know. Well, yeah. But what I do know is that maybe by the time this episode gets published, the SAG people will have a uh, interim or actual real agreement. Yeah. Hopefully, we they'll... can only hope. And uh, hopefully, next month we're back on this microphone talking to you about more movie trailers. But till then. We have this episode, and I thought this was a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun, too. I mean, we did have prior, like, plans to bring guests on to talk about upcoming movies. We did. But we'll have to, like, reschedule them, unfortunately. That's all right. I know they're, I know who to talk to for them. Yeah, you know there are people and their yeah, managers? they're managers. people. They're people. Because we pay all our guests. Well, we, we're rescheduling, like, uh, Ed Sheeran. Yeah, yeah. Bringing it back to that story. <laughs> exactly. And you're wearing a Beyonce t-shirt, so there we it, all go. it all comes together. together. Um, in the meantime, if you want to be updated about movies that we're watching, you can follow Ryan and I on Letterboxd. That's where the, we're um, the most active. That way you don't have to, like, wait until we put another episode to maybe talk about, like, what did we do today? Nine films Let's that we've see. seen in the last, like, month and a half. And you'll totally get my full thoughts on those Letterboxd reviews when I write them in one sentence. Ryan does one sentence reviews. I try to write at least a few sentences per movie, but sometimes I feel inspired and I write, like, a paragraph or two. Like, here's my review for the Five Nights at Freddy movies on Letterboxd. His deep thoughts. Says, bruh, this movie's stupid. For real. LOL. <laughs> and it's true. But, the, but then sometimes it's facts. more... Like, um, I don't know. Like, what did I say? Well, it's never more than a sentence. It's never more than... More I, I think it's that. more of a challenge for me to make right. all Condense my thoughts... Your thoughts. Fit, other thoughts. I, I would try to do that, except I would know they would just turn into run-on sentences, and I'm like, oh, I'm just gonna so be so okay many times I'm <laughs> just like, you know what? Semicolon. Comma. Yeah. Dot, dot, dash. That. that. Exactly, right? <laughs> don't look at my creator review. It shouldn't be one sentence, because that's not grammatically correct. But anyway... <laughs> Um, you can also find Preview Review on Instagram and Twitter to let you and know when threads. new episodes are coming out. I honestly haven't looked at Threads since it was True, created. but we're on Threads. Know. But we're there. We're there. We're there. You can follow us for fun. And uh, yeah, hopefully we'll get to you with another episode, a normal episode, soon. Yeah, we hope so. I was more hopeful at the end of last episode that we would be back sooner, but now, I don't know, I'm a little more cautious. Just because Cautiously of optimistic. A new sure. episode of Preview Review, just what I want for the holidays. What oh, could be better? We could do a deal a Christmas. for the for SAG after a deal from the AMPDP. That's what I want for Christmas. I want it for Thanksgiving. I want it now for Halloween. They're late. Amen. All right. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Now we can play Fortnite. <laughs>